What is up, Flock and Friends? It is Talking Flock, your full Mingo podcast. Welcome in. Uh, this is Rob Chapel, your host, and joining me in the co-hosting chair uh, this, this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, Flock President, Madam President, Kelly Ferguson. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for being here and, and acknowledge. I want to acknowledge that you, you're here kind of last minute because uh, I've been buried in work things and that's why we're a day late. And that's why um, I asked you like just earlier today, like, could you <laughs> please hop in tonight? Day late. Day late. Uh, yeah, no. And uh, so I appreciate that. I appreciate the flexibility. I appreciate your willingness to hop on and talk about football with me for uh, however long we do. Um, because we're all uh, just big soccer nerds here. Uh, before we get into it, wherever you're listening to this podcast, just uh, hit the little button where it says follow or subscribe or rate or review uh, or whatever. Help us um, help the algorithm spread the word about us and about uh, get more people talking about the flock. Uh, a couple of news items we want to mention. Um, first of all, did you hear about Chattanooga, the Red Wolves? Kelly, did you hear this rumor? I didn't, but I live under a rock. That's okay. Uh, the rumor... And I, I stress that it's a rumor, is that they are going to build a 2024 roster with an eye toward joining the championship in 2025. Oh. And they say there's no promotion or relegation in American soccer. You can buy your way up, apparently. Um, you can. Yeah, but so I don't know. You know, who knows if that's true? Who knows if they'd actually pull it off? If they're just if that's just something they're going to try to do? It's funny. That they're going to try to do that because they're, you know, wooden spoon contenders right now. Yeah, that, that's an ambitious plan, but mm-hmm. um, you know, admire the future. Yeah, and if you want to invest the money to in whatever the fees are and stuff to move up, you might as well invest them in a roster that can actually win games. Yeah, I know that the buy-in at that level is enormous. I it is quite the numbers. That's not how my brain works to remember yeah. things like that. But. I don't want to say no, I, I I don't want to say numbers because I'm probably wrong, but it's it's substantially more than League One, yeah. uh, and uh, I think it's maybe even double the League One entry fee, which is five million dollars. Um, but considering the exodus of players they had at the end of last season, I don't know what makes them think they're going to attract top level talent. Yeah, this season or next season yeah. rather in order to make a credible case of their championship side. I don't know. Um, one other team news note that uh, that I know you don't know yet, because it's not out yet. As we record, it's not out. As you're listening to this, it will be out. That the um, Madison 365's list of the most influential Latino leaders in Wisconsin is out this week, and Christian Cheney is one of them. Wow. We figured. That's exciting. We figured, yeah, we figured if you're talking about most influential, he's kind of a big piece i mean he's the all-time leading scorer in 21 games for us and he's you know talking about influence he's one of the major pieces that has us in the position we're in which is technically still in the playoffs for the first time since 2019 so yeah madison365.org is part three of that list is out today it's a week-long thing there's a little plug for my day job um and uh, last thing before we get into the games uh kelly this is i want to toss this to you but the um the away jersey design is underway, yeah. and folks can kind of get involved in that. Can you tell, tell us first of all uh, why it is that we're talking about it? Because it is the flock that designs the jersey. How did that ever happen, and how does that process work? Yeah, so you know we you know talk about being the twelfth man on the field and how mm-hmm. important the flock end is, and so the team really wanted to bring 
some of our spirits uh, with them when they're on the road. And so um, for several seasons now, um, I'm not sure about the inaugural season, um, but after that, the, there has been supporter input and supporter mm -hmm. design involved in um, the different jerseys that we've had for away games. Mm -hmm. So that amazing pink smoke kit that they have this year yeah. um, was designed by some of the folks from the flock, um, some involved people that have some design experience that know a lot about soccer. Um, and so they've just started looking at the design for what next year's supporter kit is, which also, you know, there's, there's been a lot of jokes through the seasons about how, you know, we're a clothing line with a soccer problem. <laughs> but it, uh, that's partly why there are so many every year a new away kit is because it is one that's designed by the fans. Um, mm -hmm. And although it's produced by the team, um, and supervised in the design by team staff, <laughs> it really is not designed by team employees at mm -hmm. all. Uh, so if there is anyone out there that has some design interest and experience, uh, would like to get involved in that sort of thing, can definitely reach out uh, to the flock uh, right on our webpage, fwdflock.com. Mm -hmm. Fill out the contact form. I'm not sure how much work they've gotten started with this year, but it's something that's in the works probably going to be for next year. And we yep. certainly have other design projects within the flock that we would love to, to have artists show off their talent. Mm -hmm. We'd love to bring even more diversity into our crew mm -hmm. of designers. So mm -hmm. please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we would love to talk to you. Um, and I, my understanding, I t just talking from uh, to Andrew Schmidt. Also, um, it sounds like on on Twitter and on social media, y'all are kind of collecting thoughts, feelings of what does the team mean to you, and like what what are the sort of like that big concept about what what should the design get at? You know, which is something we talk about all, all the time: the connection to community, the you know the, the the love and the sense of fun that we have. Right, those are the kind of the big concepts, right? Absolutely. Any you know, if you're not necessarily the design person, but really. <laughs> have a deep connection to the team, Yeah. come up with a word, a phrase, an idea. It can be really abstract. Uh, these guys are some pretty good designers already that we have in that crew. Uh, mm -hmm. And the great thing is that uh, $5 from the sale of each one of these kits goes back to the Flock Soccer Foundation. Oh, okay. Since okay. we started designing it. So it also does a lot of good in our community with a lot of the projects that the foundation supports. Mm -hmm. through the purchase of, of that kit. So we also really want it to be a banger because obviously that can do more good um, with, right. with our projects as well. Um, speaking of great design, uh, the Labada 608 has their shirt out again this year for Hispanic Heritage Month. This mm -hmm. Saturday's match is the Hispanic Heritage Night match. Um, I got their, their, their football kit last year with the, the sash and the, it was mm -hmm. a banger shirt. Um, but they've got their uh, the baseball jersey style out right now, and um, <clears throat> sales of that benefit Amigos de Azul, the Madison Police um, Community Engagement Program. Uh, mm -hmm. Those are available. Um, check Twitter for that. Are those available on those the Flock website or is that team store. through the Team Store? Okay, yep. perfect. Yeah, it's a collaboration with the team, so yep. um, <clears throat> those right from Flamboyant. Gotcha. Uh, cool. All right, so let's let's. Um, 
let's talk through these games. This is not going to be very exciting, I'm afraid. No, uh, <laughs> no I would agree. Uh, this is um, after, the, especially after the second match, after the loss. Um, you know, the mood on Twitter is bad. The mood in threads is bad, and everybody's like, "I just want just so sick of this." And I'm like, "I gotta, we gotta try talking about this for an hour now." Yeah. Um, it, uh, it's it's hard being a podcaster out here. It's tough, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, to be honest with you, the Wednesday night match was not a terrible result. I didn't think it was our third consecutive clean sheet, third mm-hmm. game unbeaten. Then it was zero zero draw. Then you had the two win two no win over Richmond, and then another zero zero draw that keeps you in your spot, right? Keeps you in the playoff race in the position. Um, so especially against Northern Colorado, who mm-hmm. beat us pretty soundly in May. You know, Trevor Amon got two goals against us back in the spring, right? Yeah, well, and you know, true to form of a team that plays well against a tough team, you know, we're playing yeah. the top of the table and you know, coming out with a, a nil-nil draw as much as we obviously would love to, to, you know, have gotten three points. Coming away from that game with one point isn't a terrible result. So Right. One point and a clean sheet. I think that's the best yeah. part. Now, I was not at this match. I didn't even get to watch most of it because I was celebrating my mom's uh, 70th birthday. Uh, we were at the uh, at, at this, this restaurant here in Mount Horeb and they had um, a baseball game on one TV and they had um, spike ball on a different TV, which is nothing something I had never um, seen before. Do you know what spike ball is? Is that that like trampoline basketball? Yes. No. Yeah. no, 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 that's yeah. something else. Uh, I, I know what you're talking about there. That's um, slam ball. Is that what that's called? Maybe yeah. spike ball is like it looks like almost like volleyball, but there's like a little trampoline in the middle and you're spiking a ball down onto the trampoline. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, and, and there was no sound in it, so uh, so I, I was just looking at that. It was on ESPNU, and it was like college spike ball. And I, I was like, and I almost, I'm there with my my family and my kids and my parents and and like all my parents, all my mom's siblings uh, were there. And I almost, I came very close to going up to the bar and saying, "Could you put one of these on ESPN Plus? Do you think?" And then decided that would just be not cool. Yeah. So, I, so instead. I was just kind of glancing at Twitter every once in a while uh, to see how it was going, but I did get home in time to catch the last like 15 minutes. Um, but anyway, but the the uh, you know the one thing surprising um, to begin this match is you had Cheney back, you had Onan back, but they didn't put him in the starting eleven. They put the same starting eleven that everybody was out of position that beat Richmond. So yeah. it was like okay, you know, it worked. You know, you had. Uh, Geb, you know, Derek and Nazim playing up top. You had um, Wheels and Macias on the wings. You had um, obviously Sam Brotherton. You had Stephen Payne playing a more defensive role. So everybody's out of position, but it worked in Richmond. So let's try it against Northern Colorado, you know. And it wasn't uh, wasn't bad, you know. Defensively, uh, we were tr- pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I think you got to give a hats off to Burn Shipman on this one, obviously. Yeah. Um, Trevor Amon, Golden Boot leader, 20 goals on the season already at this point with several matches left to go. Uh, scored twice against us in May. Um, had two more great chances this time and, and burned, uh, got them both. Um, one thing Trevor, one, one thing Trevor Amon does really well is to find, find space and mm-hmm. be a poacher. That's what made Emiliano Chizagi so good last year and the year before. Um, it's not, he's not a big dribbler. He's not making bangers necessarily, but he's in the right spot. And that's exactly what he did in the 26th minute. Um, 
he plays a little give and go with Lukic. Who, uh, he gets in behind one on one with with Burned, and Burned stood up and got big and uh, made the stop. And then later in the half, uh, he did ha- try to get a banger into the lower corner from the top of the box, and, and Burned was able to to get it. Those those were really the best chances um, that Northern Colorado had. Um, our only shot in the first half. We'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Was um, uh, Aiden Macias's uh, penalty attempt? Yeah. Yeah. Now this is a 36 minute. It really, actually, the building up to the penalty was actually really good. The, the um, mm-hmm. Bartman, Nizzy Bartman, does this big switch over to Macias. He's got a little space to run. He gets it to Payne. Uh, gets into the Silva, who's got a really good look at goal. Gets taken down. Um, clear. I mean, no argument about the penalty. Um, my question is, who? How are they deciding who's taking the penalties? Yeah, that was. I don't... That was my question also. I mean, I've never known how they decide. I know that there's, you know, polar schools of thought about it should be the person who got fouled against, <laughs> right. and then there's also no, it should never be that person. Right. But well, no, you know, it, it it's not our leading scorer. It's not our leading shooter right. that took it. So I don't know. Um, I I mean, us, I, my, I think usually there's a designated, you have somebody designated to take free kicks before the match. And sometimes that includes penalties and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, obviously, uh, Cello takes all the corner kicks. Yeah. You know, usually I have somebody who's taking the free kicks and, uh, you know, the, the, the sh- the, in shooting distance. Uh, and you know somebody's taking the penalties, and I don't, I can't imagine Aiden Macias would be the guy they would, unless he was great in practice, unless he was like really hitting them in practice, and um, <clears throat> he got the nod for this week. But um, and you know, you know, he, he even you know, nothing against Aiden. I mean, he probably scores nine out of ten of them, and this one he just didn't. Uh, he kind of overthought it. Maybe he was a little bit too close to Lala Delgado's feet. Um, and uh, to be fair, Lalo Delgado has now saved four penalties this season. Like he's not an easy, he's no, yeah, not as easy to beat as you'd think, and he's harder to beat than anybody else in the league on penalties. Uh, yeah, but still, I mentioned that that this being the fourth one, he had you know a record of yeah know, blocked in a season, and I'm like, so gotta be second behind him then because he's got two or three. He's got a knack for. Yeah, he does. Not letting those pass well, either. The, the, the one, how many has burned went in? One or two? Um, I think he's, I, if, if my memory is serving you correctly, he's saved two and he's allowed two. But both times he's allowed a goal on a penalty, he's guessed the right way. Yeah. I think that's the case. I I'm sure so. Twitter will correct me. Probably, yeah. You're no, probably no, wrong about that. But that's my memory that. right now is. What do we uh, know? Right. Who's here to complain? Yeah, I, sh- I should have rewatched every game of the entire season just to prepare for that factoid. Uh, <laughs> it would be um, the responsible thing to do, Rob. Yeah, right. But um, you know, it, again, not, nothing against Aiden necessarily. Uh, that just wasn't a very well taken penalty. Um, if he had another chance at it, he'd probably score it. Um, but he didn't. And 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 the the bigger issue, really is that that was the only shot we had in the first half. Like, that's that's yeah. not excusable. You, you can't play 45 minutes with zero shots. 
in the run of play. Um, and, and expect to do anything in any league anywhere. Um, but the second half was much better. Uh, Cheney comes in at halftime. Onan came back in a little after halftime, I believe, right? Um, I think so. I got there uh, at halftime, so I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I can. Um, I think the only substitution at halftime was Cheney and for Sichero. Um but for the bulk of the of the second half, they were both in. And and once and when those two are in the, in the match, it's going to be uh, dynamic. You're going to see creativity. You're going to see some good stuff, and mm-hmm. that's what you saw. Um, Onan almost scored a uh, on his own almost in the 65th. Got a long ball all the way from the back, and he settled it just beautifully and put a great touch and a little turn to give himself a little space. And um, and that was um, – he was able to, to, to get a nice little turn on it and um, and put a shot on frame, but Delgado had a great game. He was able to save it. I think the best chance of the night was very reminiscent of Aiden Macias' goal against Richmond. Um, where it was a one-touch passing, it was it was um, quick give and go. It was Pierre de Silva and Christian Cheney back and forth, make, creating a set of space with four really quick passes at the top of the box. Um, give credit to Lucky Opara, the defender for um, for Northern Colorado, who stayed goal side of Cheney just enough that get, Cheney couldn't quite get a good look and get, couldn't get a clean foot on it, and he was he ended up having to slide. He was like Cheney was trying to like slide and mm-hmm. and somehow still sliding to try to get around Opara still got a lot of power on a shot, which is incredible. And, but Delgado made a great save uh, anyway. And uh, that was about it. I mean, there was not, there was a defensive kind of a box to box game, um, which I'm weird. I actually like games like that, you know? Um, but, uh, and, and in the end, uh, like we said, not a bad result. Three third straight clean sheet, 282 minutes without conceding a goal, which is pretty freaking incredible. Um, and a point that kept us in fifth place and fourth place within reach. Yeah. And I mean, for a game where no one scored, it, it was a decent game to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. to really see the plays that were happening on the field, the, the attempts, the defense, you know, there, there was a lot more going on. You know, I've, I've seen some some zero zero games that, you know, that's 90 minutes of my life. You'll never get back. And, <laughs> and, and it wasn't a bad game to watch. It was a frustrating game. <laughs> Come on, put it in. But yeah, um, but, you know, I thought it it looked good. There was some good stuff going on on the field. Yes. And and, and again, a, a decent result against the team that I believe at the time were top of the table. Or um, first or second, so you know you feel you feel good about you know and and, and that's also we're getting that time of the year now where you're like you end ninety minutes in a draw against another team who's going to be in the playoffs. Who would win that game in a extra time? Say if we had to play thirty more minutes, mm. if we had to go to penalties against another Colorado, who wins that? I think at the end of that match, momentum was with Madison. Yeah. I feel like the last handful of chances were ours. 
that mm-hmm. might have that may have been manufactured a little bit because Denver Colorado as the away team is like at, after the 75th minute or so satisfied with the draw. So they pack it in a little bit and we're pushing for a win. So that might've been a little um, uh, contrived, but still momentum was good. I think I, I like our fitness, um, but mm-hmm. you get to a penalty shootout. You got to like Lalo Delgado as the, as the goalkeeper. Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, you hope it doesn't go to that. <laughs> you hope it more in our favor, you know, yeah. during, during play. But yep, I, I think I agree that definitely it looked like if the momentum wasn't in our favor, it definitely didn't look like it was against us. Right. And, you know, had there been that extra time, um, you know, something could have happened. Yep. So um, now looking ahead then to Saturday, not such a good result. We're away mm-hmm. at Charlotte, another playoff team. Um, no Cheney. And I panicked a little bit when I saw the lineup with no Christian Cheney. And I texted Evan. Um, I said, Cheney hurt or just night off or what? And uh, he reminded me that, that his 87th minute yellow card against North Colorado was his eighth of the season. Therefore, mm-hmm. he misses a game. Uh so that was a frustration. Like we need this game in Charlotte. We can't have Cheney, but at the same time, thank God he's not hurt. We'll have him for the last three games <laughs> in this in this playoffs. Uh, so no Cheney. Uh, Mel is still out. Timmy Mel is still out, uh, and it's also a short week. It's the third game in the week, yeah. so you know it's you know it's going to be rough. Um, Jason Ramos. I'm just worried because. When I got the lineup notification, uh-huh. uh, Spot Mob must have screwed something up because they had uh, Onan in the back four. <laughs> How and desperate are we getting here? It's like yeah, that's uh, the opposite of Josiah Trimmingham moving up to forward. Yeah, like, that's a weird choice, but it was just a mistake in uh, they put up the lineup and Onan started there. He usually does. Yes, he does. He did. He started up top alongside Francis Chino Baptiste. Yeah. So I'm not sure he has he's he's played uh you know he's played plenty, but has he gotten a start? I'm not sure if he's gotten a start. I think he may have started one other game previously. Um so yeah, it was a all British duo up top. Um Jason Ramos got his first start of uh, the season. He he after being acquired, um he uh or on loan, he mm-hmm. did play a few minutes in that North Colorado match, uh, but gets a start. Alongside uh, Payne, Osmond, and Crawl across the back. Again, a more traditional back to basics 4 4 2 kind of situation given the lineup changes. Um, Morris Chero and Pierre de Silva on the wings, uh, Wills and Macias in the middle. Um, real lack of quality in the final third here. Again, um, I think I know. Uh, a lot of folks were excited about Francis Chino Baptiste early in the season, and he just has not materialized as a scorer. Um, I just feel like there's a, a, a 30, 35th minute. Jaden Onan, it's a great through ball into Francis. And um, I don't, I, I feel like he thought about it too much. And he, he didn't get a touch on it until it was almost to the touchline, to the byline. And by then, uh, the goalkeeper was able to, yeah. to cut off the angle. I, had he 
taking a touch at the top of the box that he just he could have he could have ripped a shot to the far post from the top of the box honestly but he just i don't know he's and i've seen that before this is not the first time we've seen that where he gets in a great position and just can't pull the trigger for whatever reason i think he's a little bit hesitant a little thinks thinks too much yeah. um, any you ask any great goal you ask this, whoever scored it like what was going through your mind and the, almost always the response is uh, nothing. I, I don't know how I did that. It was just instinct. Yeah. But the moment you think about it, you're it's over. Like if you take a half a second to think about it, the moment's gone. And I think yeah. that's kind of what he does. Weighing your options, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, options will evaporate quickly. Um. Now the 46th minute in the, in the first minute of stoppage time in the first half. Uh, I'm going to call this the dumbest goal we've ever conceded. Do you agree? I was going to use that exact phrase. It was <laughs> such a dumb goal. And there's not much that you can point to where anybody did anything wrong, no. except maybe somebody could have communicated better. It let Stephen know that um, uh, that that who has even scored that. Um, oh my gosh! Oh, Corey Bennett. Somebody could have said man on, man coming to Steven. Uh, but, again, it's a decent buildup from uh, from Charlotte. The ball comes in from Joel Johnson to Evian Flanagan. He's a very nice little header to just put it in space across the top of the box. Um, didn't get it to anybody. Didn't get it close enough to Corey Bennett. But, uh, so Stephen Payne collects it and tries to clear and literally hits Corey Bennett in the face. And to you know credit Corey Bennett for staying with the run and being there to be a bother. Uh, I think he was just trying to press and he gets hit in the face with the ball. It, it pops the, the only place it could have possibly bounced that to do any harm and right up over burn shipment and in and the accidental goal. And just, just really stupid. And I mean, no one could have seen that coming. I mean, right. I know that it is getting credit for the goal, but right. Right. Really, his face just got in the way of the ball. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's all, for for practical purposes, it's an own goal from Stephen Payne, right? The fact that it ricocheted yeah, off of Bennett's face. A, a piece of plywood would have scored the same goal. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I, you know, good for Bennett, I guess. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, it was a ricochet. It happens so fast. Shipman would have never seen it coming. Because it just in that instant bounced funny, was over him before he probably even saw it. So yeah, it was just no one did anything wrong, but no one did anything right either. Right. It was just a it was dumb. Yeah, very yeah. dumb goal. And and it's rough because it's right before halftime. Yeah. I feel like you've played pretty well in the first half. Um, you're zero zero. You you haven't conceded a goal mm-hmm. in three hundred twenty seven minutes, yeah. which is incredible like just hats off to this back line into burn shipment let's say that again 327 minutes without conceding a goal it's unheard of yeah. in any anywhere um and the one that they give up the one that ends that streak is that stupid accident so dumb <laughs> so dumb uh so but you still feel like you've got a chance in this match right you can if you can salvage a point it's great if you can get a couple of goals um, even better, did not do either of those things. 
Um, no, it's you gotta wonder if they were discouraged by that yeah. happening just at the last second. But like you, I mean, they had to know that they were not outplayed right. for that goal to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, but but even. And I can see how that, right. And I can see how that could be even more discouraging. Like we're playing really well and we just can't get a goddamn break. Yeah. You know? It's just not with us. Yeah. Right. So in the second half, you still feel like they're clinging to a playoff spot. Um, But give up another goal, which Mm -hmm. let's give credit to Charlotte for the second goal right after the hour mark. Um, You know, it was a very well-worked team goal. And we weren't ready for it, and they they exploited a weakness that we were we're pressing, right? We do that occasionally. We'll pick our moments to press for possession. Uh, we're pressing in the middle third. Our back line is a little bit higher, maybe than they should be, but not. It, it wasn't ridiculous. They weren't, you know, they were probably twenty five yards from the end line. Um, and uh, Chester and Bouyou just kind of sneaks up along the right hand touch line. Omar Sis finds him, nice ball over the top, and and then suddenly we're running backwards facing our own goal. Right? That's never mm-hmm. a place you want to be. We're not organized. Mm-hmm. We're basically the, our back line is in a straight line across the back, running straight backwards, which left this big pocket of space behind them, like at the top of the box. So they, they had um uh both Avion Flanagan and Omar Sis at the top of the, in the in that space. And um, Mbuyu found Sis, and Byrne got caught leaning away a bit, and uh, Sis tucked it behind him. And, uh, you know, again, our, our defense did not react quickly enough, probably. got Let themselves get disorganized, but at the same time, Charlotte, you know, really nicely, really good passing, really nicely done. Yeah, that one they earned. Yeah. You know, they, they, they can have that one. They can have that one. And it turns they out they didn't, that's all they would have needed anyway, right? Out. <laughs> and, and none of this is none of this is we're not talking about how stu- I mean we, we can we we would be much more able to laugh about how stupid that goal was if we were able to score once or twice. Thank you. Yes. Um right which is stupid. Yes. Uh so you know we we didn't give up a goal for 327 minutes but in that same span we've only scored two and both in the same game. So that's So that's also frustrating. Um and we did have a couple more chances. Nizzy um, Bartman put one barely over. Pierre De Silva put one over. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Crawl had one saved very late. Um, again, I mean, we end up. This is going to be a, 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 a theme in the rest of the games around the league too. But the team with the more possession lost the game. We had sixty percent of the possession. Uh, mm-hmm. We had eighty-nine percent passing accuracy. We did. We did get eleven shots, which is not bad, but only two of them on target. By the way, that's exactly the same as Charlotte had. They had 11 shots and two on target, but their two went in. Um, well, our two did not. I'm going to dispute the fact that the first one was a shot that went in. <laughs> they had one shot on target and one uh, unfortunate on target. One target. did a damn luck. <laughs> right. So, again, I mean, the, the stats are good. The, the you know the, We're playing good football, just not creating enough chances and not finishing the chances we create. Um, mm-hmm. So, which is, you know, just – Frustrating. Uh, I was saying um, on Twitter that we're just going to like pull some audio from previous podcasts because at this point we could do that. <laughs> you know, it's this this this, this refrain that we just we're playing well, good midfield possession, good defending, cannot score. 
Yeah. I mean, the midfield passing game was spot on as, you know, we've said a thousand times and (laughs) I was at my parents' house and my dad saw, you know, a pass to the far wing side and he's like, Oh, who's that? Oh, I didn't see that guy. And I'm like, yeah, they don't usually pass to open space, you know, like they pass to someone. Mm -hmm. They could just shoot past someone. Right. And on the frame. Yes. And get it in the, goal. the the key, I don't know if you guys, if you know this, but um really important piece of soccer is scoring more goals than the other team scores. Uh so write that down. We gotta maybe we should bring that we should I'll text that to Matt. Yeah. And that's us along to the fellas. Uh because we gotta because we're gonna have to score. Because here's the other thing that we're all um I mean we talked about this a couple weeks ago too. We're very concerned about making the playoffs, right? Which which will be successful. If we can make the playoffs after the two consecutive ninth place finishes, I'll be happy. I think that'll be successful. But is the team we've seen these last three or four weeks capable of actually winning a playoff game? And if not, sort of like what's the point of making the playoffs if we're just gonna go to Omaha or go to Colorado and just lay an egg and lose? I, I mean, maybe I'm, you know, too much of a Pollyanna, but I absolutely <laughs> think that this team is capable of beating any of the other teams that'll be in the playoffs. I don't um, know if you have because I'm not a stats person, but <laughs> I mean, I know obviously recently we came out with a, you know, zero, zero draw against Colorado. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's, they were mm-hmm. at the top at the time, you know, we have done okay against I, Omaha We've done okay. I don't know. I can't. Remember. We haven't. We haven't lost to Omaha. Um, we beat North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. We've beaten Charlotte. Um, so, and here's the, here's the other thing that we should caveat here: the, the grain of salt we should mention is that the at the height of our success this season, that sort of that that really difficult month of June, mm-hmm. where we lost two and then won four in a row, and and we're looking better than we've looked the entire history of this team. We have not had that same eleven guys on the field since then. This cello got hurt. Yeah. Uh, Cheney's been kind of in and out because of the red card and whatever. Uh, Owen's been kind of in and out. Um, Timmy Mel has been out. So, um, and then and we we've we've made some moves to bring in some extra talent to make up for those losses. But, but cello is back. I mean, I don't know if he's back back, but he's been in as a yeah. substitute. He's, he's getting back to fitness. I was very excited uh, to see him on the bench. On the yeah, bench. yeah, and to see him, and he actually played uh, fifteen or twenty minutes in that, yeah. in that um, another Colorado game, um, and uh, you know, if we get back to where we have Cheney and Onan up top, we got Payne and and Gebhardt on the wings. We get back to the three five two or three four three that we've been playing. Yeah. Again, back into the positions that they were at the beginning of the season. And we're not having to cobble together these lineups and where everybody's out of position, you know, maybe we can get back to that form, which yeah. I, I really hope to see uh, on Saturday. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, and again, like we said, this team plays well against good teams. Yeah. Often. Yep. Not, not always. Um, but very often, like they, they, will level up or down to whoever they're playing against. They absolutely will. You know, yeah, and, we, we didn't blow Fuego out of the water. And, you know. That, we lost to Fuego and Chattanooga back-to-back. That was, that was insane. 
And so if we can lose to the bottom two teams in the table, we can also beat the top two, oddly enough. Uh, right. So I'm I'm gonna be the eternal Pollyanna optimist and say that, you know, until the numbers make it impossible, I think we can hit the playoffs and I think we can be competitive in them. Yep. And and can we get back to that identity that we had in June and July where it's it's grind out a one nil win because that's that'll get you a championship. If you grind out a mm-hmm. one nil win in Omaha or in and then and then in uh in Colorado, in North Carolina. Um, then you can you can bring home a trophy. Um, all right, so let's talk around the league here quick because that's going to inform where we are in the playoff scenario. Yeah. So um, uh, North Carolina beats Fuego 3-0, as you'd expect, on Wednesday at the same time we're playing, or later that evening. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another one where Fuego had 61% of possession, managed 10 shots, but only one on target. Uh, meanwhile, North Carolina get the opener uh, from Alex Anderson, 28th, then another uh, from Garrett McLaughlin, and then uh, Rafa Metzingen puts it away with a late penalty. Um, wild one in Georgetown, Kentucky, Chattanooga 5, Lexington 3. The Red Wolves get five goals from five different players. Mario Lomas in the 13th, Jonathan Felipe in the 18th. Lexington get one back on a penalty in the 39th, give it right back in the 40th. So it's a 3-1 halftime lead for, for North Carolina. Okay, Second half, Omar... Yeah, it's crazy. Omar Gomez and uh, Maile Malongo each score in a three-minute span. Then Ates Diouf for Lexington scores a brace in the second half uh, to get them to three, but it was way out of hand by then anyway. Um, Tormenta grind went out 1-0 over Knoxville. This keeps Tormenta's playoffs alive. The only goal this one came uh, on uh, McQuilly Akali, a brilliant free kick from about 25 yards away. Um, Knoxville looked a lot like Madison in this one. 61% of the possession. 18 shots, seven on target, nothing to show for it. Um, Omaha, two, Fuego, one. This is the game of the week for me. Uh, I actually got to see the end of this one. Um, it looked like, because because I saw online that Fuego was going to be the team that finally ends Omaha's winning streak. Because that it was 1-0, Zahir Vasquez in the 56th minute. But then uh, as soon as I turned it on, I might have jinked it. I turned it on thinking, like, oh, I'm going to watch this winning streak end. Noe Meza scores in the 77th minute to a really nice back heel from Pedro uh, Dolabella. Then three minutes into stoppage time, Joe Gallardo from the top of the box, curler into the upper 90. Uh, now um, Omaha has won 10 consecutive games. Uh, and finally, Northern Colorado drops it. Uh, the, the, this is the, the big battle at the top of the table. North Carolina loses. Um, North Carolina wins 2-0 over Northern Colorado. Too many northern teams in this one. I'm getting confused. <laughs> Again, northern Colorado, this one, 65% of the possession, 0% of the goals. Uh, Garrett McLaughlin opens the scoring. Really nice free kick from just outside the box. Then Alex Anderson doubles it just before the hour mark, and that puts North Carolina back on top of the table. So with all of that, um, now obviously um, North Carolina, Omaha, and Northern Colorado had all already clinched. Um, those results eliminate – uh, Lexington. So uh, Lexington, Richmond, Chattanooga, Central Valley are all out, uh, which leaves the last five teams vying for the last three spots. We end up in sixth um, with uh, uh, what happened to Greenville? Greenville played. I didn't have them in my notes, but anyway, Greenville, uh, I think, got a draw, right? Maybe? I think so. I don't know. Anyway, the, the Greenville ends up ahead of us in one way or another. 
Um, so we are four points ahead of of uh, Tormenta above the line, and we're six points ahead of, of Knoxville. Oh, Greenville so beat, beat Richmond. What's that? Greenville, Greenville beat Richmond on Sunday. Oh, on Sunday, right. Okay. I, my, my notes did not make it to Sunday, so thank you for that. Yeah. Greenville uh, gets three points there, so that by virtue of that, they jump ahead of us to fifth place. Which doesn't make that much difference. Fifth versus sixth, it just depends. It just, as it stands now, we would go to Northern Colorado. If we were in fifth place, we would go to Charlotte. Like those are, I mean, wherever you're going, you're going. You got you got to play who's in front of you. Um, but with all that, the way all that shakes out, there are only two ways that we could clinch the playoff spot on Saturday, and that is we could win, and then Tormenta and Knoxville both lose. Mm-hmm. Um, then we would clinch. If uh, if we win and Tormenta loses and Knoxville draws, we also clinch. But Knoxville to stay alive has to win. Tormenta could yeah. draw and still stay alive. Uh, if we lose, we're not out. We can't. We won't be eliminated, but we'd be closer to being eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> and we have two very difficult games coming up. We have, we are away uh, at. Uh, well, we're we're home to Lexington on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a game we should win. Uh, but as you note, we play to the level of our competition quite often. Never know. <laughs> so uh, you know, fingers crossed that we actually win that one. Um, and then we go to Northern Colorado, which is not going to be easy in the least. And then we're uh, finish uh, home against Omaha, and and it, it's. And then uh, if, if we do stay alive through all that, if we get results in all three of those, if we get at least a point in all three of those matches, we'll make the playoffs. Um, I would rather not have to have playoffs on the line when we're hosting Omaha. If we, because I did a little math, which is remarkable for me. If we win one of our remaining games uh-huh. and tie the other two, yep, no one can catch us. Right. Tormenta can't catch us. If Tormenta wins all three of their remaining games, which I assume they have three also. Yeah, they do. Uh, nine points will put them at 47, and then we're at 47 points. So, like, right there. Right. No one can we would have the edge on, on the and wins. Now, and also remember, folks, the first tiebreaker is wins, not gold differential. Oh, yeah. Gold differential is the second tiebreaker. So if we end up tied with Tormenta uh, with 12 wins and they have 13 wins, then we are out. True, true. Um, but in any case, it, but, but, but if, we, if we just if we simply get five points out of our last three games. The, um, then the only way that Tormenta becomes a threat is if they win all three of their games. Right, right. So anyway, there's nothing we can do about those games. Uh, we will be watching uh, Tormenta. Um, we we are in the the awkward position of having to to root for Charlotte yeah. uh, and and Richmond on Saturday while we are playing uh, versus Lexington. Uh, now, uh, what's that? I'm okay rooting for Richmond. <laughs> They're a scrappy bunch. We like them. Uh, speaking of people we don't want to root for, though, um, we finished the season at, uh, hosting Omaha. It's there's an actual reasonable chance that we'd have to then go to Omaha in the first round of the playoffs. 
um, depending where where both teams land. Um, I, there's also a reasonable chance that we could be we could actually be the team that finally ends their winning streak if they win the next two, uh, which yeah. would be pretty fun. Uh, but you wanted to mention um, there's a there's a thing uh, for that game. Right? There's a tailgate before that match, right? There is, yeah. It's the uh, October 14th game. Um, we are going to be having a you know BYO most of the things um, tailgate at McPike Park. Uh, uh-huh. We'll, you know, march to the stadium as we often do uh, before the games. Uh, we are going to be inviting uh, Omaha and their fans mm-hmm. that travel to join us, like they invited us to their yep. game uh, when we went down there the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of bookending each other. Um, you know, we're going to hopefully, you know, have a lot of fun with them and then hate them for 90 minutes and then have some more fun. <laughs> um, maybe 100 minutes. Maybe 14 minutes. You never know uh, these refs, but yeah, you never know how a cyber time is going to be. But yeah, so it'll start probably, if I remember right, about like two o'clock. Um, right, that's an early start, right? That's like a five o'clock game. Yeah, it's like a five o'clock game. So it'll yeah. be, you know, like two o'clock ish, get started. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be more information that we'll be putting out on the flock socials, but, you know, just plan on, you know, bring a cooler of, food and drinks and whatever. Um, we, I'm sure, are going to have grills there. I think we may uh, be supplying some of the, like, assorted grilled meats. Um, the plans are still a little unset <laughs> yet. Yeah. Um, but it is going to happen. So uh, please, you know, everybody should plan to, to join us and, you know, show some good hospitality to the people that we're going to, you know, hopefully send home in tears. Yes, send them home in tears. That's absolutely right. That's October 14th. That's the final day of the regular season. Yeah. Uh, hoping that we have at least one more week after that. Uh, and if the boys take care of business, we will. This Saturday, again, home versus Lexington. It is Hispanic Heritage Night. The uh, the match poster looks amazing. Uh, they, they just posted on Twitter today, Tuesday, as we speak. Um, and it's also uh, my daughter's birthday game for her, her birthday is actually thursday she's turning 11 um but she uh she's the last this is her third consecutive uh year that she's wanted to do for madison for her birthday so we're there with all the family and friends and stuff so uh stop by section 108 and say hi say a happy birthday to amelia if you're there and um and we'll hope to hope to get three points and if the other direct the other um matches go the right way uh we maybe we can be the big sigh of relief and uh, make playoffs for the first time since 2019. Yeah. Keep it on. I, I would love yeah. to be able to, you know, get on helping plan and coordinate people to go to a playoff game. Yes. That would be so cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is, it's still possible to host a playoff game. Very unlikely. Uh, with, you know, if we, if we manage nine points out of these last three matches and, Gr- and Greenville and Charlotte both stumble, we could, possibly land in fourth place. We're only five points out of fourth place right now. Um, not likely to make it that far. Uh, it's also possible that we could fall out of the playoffs entirely. Also not super likely, but definitely possible. So um, we need to uh, be there for the boys on Saturday. Uh, it sounds like it, it, what's remarkable to me is we've had these these last three matches have been difficult to watch. The game, the, the the results have not been good. Well, the Richmond result was great, but the last these last two and then um, the last month or so 
it just hasn't been as spectacular as you'd want. It somehow this Saturday night is another. It's going to be another sellout. Like there are very. It, it's only Tuesday right now as we as we tape this, and there's already no grandstand tickets left. I mean, there are very very few. Oh, um, wow. So like, you know, good on you, Madison, for coming out to support these guys even when they're not playing well, um, and we we'll hope we would hope that even as they're struggling, as they as as we mentioned, you know, the Cowboys did the lineups. They're they're injured. They're knocked up. Um, they're they're <laughs> that was an unfortunate word, uh, word choice. They're they're banged uh, up. They're banged up is what I meant to say. They've got knocks. They're banged up. Um, you know, every one of them's got bruises and bumps everywhere uh, from a long season. And uh, but we can give them a little bit of a lift. And if we can give them that little bit of energy that that other stadiums in this league do not have, right? That's what we that's what we bring to the table. And yeah. that's why some of these guys are here because of that, because they wanted that. So let's give it to them on we Saturday. Need to bring all the noise, all yeah. the positive, cheer your faces off. Yes. Because um, this is this is the big time, and we want to make every team that comes into Breeze not comfortable playing there. Right. Right. Um, but we really want to just you know keep giving our boys that support because, like you said, I mean. It's been a long season. They're tired. They mm-hmm. played three times in like a week. Yeah. You know, they, they haven't had a lot of rest. And and that energy that we bring is tangible on the field. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So, Kelly, thank you for being with me today. Yeah. And uh, on short notice and, and providing your insight as always. And thank you for all you do with the flock. That's, just, that's the other thing that Madison has. A lot of other places do too, but that that supporter culture, that that real um, community folk, uh, building a community around this club. Talking Flock is a production of Soda Soccer Network, produced by Jeremy Rushing, hosted by Rob Chapel, and tonight Kelly Kelly Ferguson. Thank you, Kelly. See you Saturday, everybody. Have a great week. Up we go.